Olha aí, olha aí, olha aí. Meu nome é Jos Blake e bem vindo ao episódio 100 do Painter Files Podcast. Ah, God. I always said I'd do it for the 100th episode. I didn't think I actually would. I had to practice doing this like 15 times. Because it's really hard, actually. I don't really... I don't do full introductions of Portuguese for any of this stuff. But for those who don't speak it, uh, my name is Jaws Blake, and welcome to the Painter Files podcast. This is episode 100. We finally got there. This is amazing. So yeah, this is crazy. We're at finally at 100. It took about three years and several breaks, but we're finally there. 100th episode. Seeing 100. <laughs> What a wild time to be alive. It's just, uh, it's been a journey, honestly. There have been moments where I wasn't sure when, you know, the only people who listened to this thing were like three people. And I was just, that, that worry that you're wasting your time comes into play. And I talked to my cousin, my cousin Ty, and he said, he and I were laughing about it a couple days ago. I was like, it's so funny, I made myself a radio show. My dad's a DJ, a radio DJ, and I made myself a show <laughs> that I could do. And I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. Like, that's the craziest part about all this. Like, it never occurred to me that it was like, I'm making my own legacy And it's like inspired off of things that like he did. It's just so funny. And even in a perfect way, like I'm, I'm finishing up this portrait of myself that I did, that I didn't expect to do. Um, if you go to my website, Jaws Blake blog, and uh, sorry, Jaws Blake blog <laughs> .com, you'll see like the whole building of the, of the picture the painting and all these things. And I mean, there's still bits to go, but the gist of it is going to be up. Um, I think I still need to work on some background stuff. I don't want to do anything too crazy because I don't want to draw away from what I've done, but I feel really good about it, honestly. Like, I haven't done a portrait of myself in a very, very long time. I've got my glasses on, and it's, it's just interesting, you know? Like, you want to try and make the best of what you do. In the process of doing that, you oftentimes, I'm always yawning in the microphone, I'm so sorry. In the process of doing those things, like you just try to make something really amazing. And the amazing part isn't so much that the art is amazing, but it's what it means to you means so much. I think the personal aspect of these things really comes into play. I've been trying to get better about a lot of stuff. I talked to my, one of my best friends and she suggested that I start doing uh, captions for all my videos. And, you know, it was just kind of those things like, I love, they, the first thing I said was, I love how honest you are with all your work and how like you give like an insight and like a real kind of personal aspect to this stuff. And I talked to one of my other best friends and they were saying, I know, they really love how everything, how just being honest about how you feel, the struggles and the tribulations and everything, they all really count for a lot because it's, it's super hard sometimes to really, you know, take a mental, uh, what's the word? Take a mental moment, a check-in, if you will, to see how you're doing and express, you know, 
I'm not doing great right now. I'm a little nervous. This pandemic is starting to get to me. All these things, like everybody's so afraid to say they are afraid. And like the process of opening up is sometimes the most difficult thing than actually even, than even actually going through the things that you need to open up for. So that's what this has been. You know, this has been that experiment. I even said I wasn't sure that I was going to keep doing this after I reached 100. And I, I am. I honestly am. There are no worries. <laughs> I'm definitely going to keep doing this. Um, I'm just so excited. It's such a beautiful time to just have these moments to make things and do things and work on stuff. So, yeah. So, Galeris, I have been making lots of art, actually. It's kind of funny. I didn't think that in this kind of weird, wintry time that I would find such inspiration. And so, in that, I made it a point to look inward and find all this art that I wanted to do. I wanted to do all these self-portraits, uh because I had been drawing so many things and taking pictures for so long of myself um, in like sketchbooks and just with my phone even with like filters and playing around with stuff but I had never really done anything with them which was kind of the goal of doing all this to begin with was to take these photos finally have my own imagery to then paint and draw from. I didn't have to scowl the internet and scour the internet and just look everywhere, which is typically the problem that I end up running across. I run across like, I want to find this great pose or this extremely good like shadow for a face. And I was thinking, I was like, years ago, you should just take your own photos. And I got the idea honestly from MJ. MJ Lindo, who's a friend of mine, um, a amazing artist in California, used to set up set up a stuff with models where you know for for an hour would take like lots of photos and then from that would then paint these incredible paintings. And honestly, I was quite jealous, but and I'd wanted to get back into film so bad. <laughs> So it just kind of came hand in hand, honestly. It didn't It didn't make any sense not to do it. And so I did. It's silly that way. <laughs> just a silly kind of makes sense, so why not do it type of situation. Which is honestly perfect. So then it kind of bred this whole idea of just like... I want to do a self-portrait of myself, but I want it to be partially an internal and also an external. I was going to do this much bigger, humongous painting, and I got about halfway through sketching it out, and I gave myself kind of like a break where I was like, you know what? No. I want to do like a poster size, which was just kind of like two by two by three. So it's two feet long and maybe about three feet wide. And it was just one of those kind of things where it felt so natural to do 
and I sketched it out, which I never do. I never really sketch out things on these canvases. I just paint them freehand. But like, I really wanted to kind of like let it come alive. I wanted to tap into 2001 Jaws as opposed to, you know, the weird entity that is now Jaws. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just kind of came together. The colors, the patterns, the the symmetry, the symbolism. So it's a crown, as always, but it's a crown of light coming through and down and then from down up through the mouth and out of the head. And it came from this idea that a good friend of mine, one of my favorite people, one of my best friends actually, um, gave me on a meditation when I was having a really rough go of it about just kind of rooting yourself and then taking the energy of the, of the earth and letting it fill you to the brim and then the excess like a water hose through a pot basically but in reverse um expelling itself up into the sky and it just it just it reached me and soothed me such an image that i could not shake it nor deny it from who i was and that's kind of how this this painting came about actually and then the colors and everything I, I have a tendency to work backwards through paintings if that makes sense i have a tendency to take my complete thought and then figure out how to build it from from a seedling to an oak tree so yeah that's what i did <laughs> And I'm working on a video for it. Uh, I'm editing everything up. Uh, it's going to be kind of long, but I'm okay with that. I think I've come to a realization that I'm much happier with paintings that, with, with videos about paintings that take a long time to put together because the paintings take a long time to put together. I don't want to rush something like this. So, yeah. Take my time. All right, so let's talk about the news. Not too much going on as far as the news in my local area. It snowed. We have a giant, uh, <laughs> a giant, um, inch and a half of snow <laughs> it's so funny because everybody's like it's gonna be a snow day it's gonna be a snow day and i was like it's an inch and a half of snow i like i'm from north carolina i grew up in north carolina i'm from north carolina but i grew up in north carolina like this is the type of snow that like north carolina gets and everything shuts down so it's very funny that like dc maryland area was like oh man we gotta shut down we gotta ice all the road like i like obviously you know you want to salt the roads and stuff like that with whatever kind of geo healthy thing you could come up with but it's just very funny when like everything shuts down i think it's partially just because people want to break 
I think they've needed kind of like a, a moment where everything just stopped so they could just breathe. So it's more of a therapeutic break than it is an actual physical break. And I needed new pants, so I went down to Target. Uh, and it's the first time in forever I've been down there. I went early in the morning, and it reminded me of before pandemic times when I would go on my days off to just like shop and get all the stuff I need essentially. And no one would be there because they'd all be at work. And it was just so quiet and serene. There were no lines. There were no people really. There was one, uh, it was a man and his two kids. He was taking them shopping and he was, he was uh, trying to use, he was like, all right, well, you guys come with me, I'll buy you a toy. So these kids are like little, and he's got these shoes, these rubber sole shoes like you wear during the rain and the snow. And his shoe made a burp noise, you know, like a burp type of sound. And the kids start laughing. And you can tell he's a newer dad because he's like, that was my shoe. That wasn't what you think it was. And the kids are like, no, you farted. And they said it super loud, and it was the funniest thing ever. Like, that came from my shoes. No, that came from my shoe. The kids are like, no, that came from your butt. And I'm just laughing my ass off in the aisles. Like, walking away and just trying to hold it in while I'm doing all that stuff. Because I needed to go there because I needed new pants. Like I said, I got some blue, some blue kind of, uh, what's the word? Dickies. Like, sticky type, jean slack type of thing. Uh, they're kind of like a dark navy and I need to get some more letters so blank letters so I could send them off to my pen peoples and um, which you know you can easily join on my patreon by the way um, Joar Blake um, pretty great <laughs> now there's lots of art stuff and all those things on there um, very exclusive very fancy you should check it out and um, yeah it was just super it was just a super funny kind of cute moment and uh, I need more oat milk because I'm lactose intolerant <laughs> and I've got an addict to get into really into oat milk so we've been doing that so I go there uh, they have a bunch of like random kind of targety uh, very niche gauche kind of oat milks and whatnot that are kind of interesting so I grabbed one of those. Uh, I see Oatly, which is the devil. <laughs> so I don't buy Oatly. Um, for those who don't know, Oatly uh, basically is almost like anti-rainforest, which I can't stand for. My, my peoples, my, my, my indigenous peoples of Brazil are holding on to what they can. And uh, yeah, you know, bad enough COVID's going on. Then they got to worry about, still got to worry about deforestation. I think that's probably the main thing that most people forget about a lot of this stuff is that all the problems of the world didn't stop. Like they didn't slow down because you couldn't go to a movie theater. That's right, I attacked you. I attacked you for your selfishness. <laughs> Just get HBO Go or something and you can watch all that stuff or Netflix. You can watch movies or buy DVDs online on something. There's lots of services. You don't have to go to a movie theater. And I say this as a person who loves movie theaters and loves people who work for movie theaters. But, I mean, at this point in time, there's so many options of stuff that you could be doing to 
right out of the pandemic that you don't have to actually put yourself or other people in danger to do so. So I implore upon you, don't be selfish. No one working minimum wage should have to put themselves in danger for your amusement. And then there's the whole minimum wage aspect. People need to make more money, man. It's uh, it's insane. We see these people who've been complaining about like, oh, I need I need my renters to pay this stuff and do this stuff. And I was like, I I comprehend what you're saying. I truly, honestly do. But. I don't know. There's this weird... I was talking to my friend Sean, and I've come to this conclusion that perhaps it would be better if every year people were forced to then have all their properties assessed and checked to make sure they're, you know, under they're under code, essentially, before you were allowed to raise rent on anyone. Because I, I've lived in a lot of different apartments in my life, and I can tell you, some of them were not up to snuff. They had problems that were never fixed. They were old buildings, and they were they wanted to charge like they were new buildings. And, you know, the other issue would be people don't typically make raises anymore every year. Like, I don't know anyone who makes more money every year. I know people who occasionally get a new batch of cash every couple of years, but I don't know anyone who gets a raise every single year. But I do know people who rent. I own a property um, that we live in. Um, But I do know people who rent, and those people who rent don't make more money every year, but they have to pay more money every year. So I think a lot of this is an opportunity to start new things. Instead of trying to constantly, the idea that things shut down and then it's like, well, we have to improve upon them. And it's like, well, maybe we need to make new things with new ideas and new goals. Like we can recreate the world in whatever direction we want now. And we should. It'd just be better. Yeah. So, it is uh, the official start of Black History Month in 2021, the year of our ink lord. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, so I've been thinking what I wanted to do to really celebrate those type of people um, who really kind of meant a lot to me growing up, who are these old black musicians that I was introduced when I was a child, introduced to when I was a child. And so I found some old records, actually. And I want to focus today on Memphis Minnie. <laughs> Memphis Minnie was born in June 3rd, 1897. She's a blues artist from uh, Algiers, Louisiana. So she had this like really kind of cool, bluesy kind of just sound to her. Uh, I'm trying to look at her bio right now because I don't I don't really know a lot about her, but I, I've heard her music for years, uh, growing up on little like LPs, little vinyl LPs uh, for kids who don't know what those are. Those are tiny, small records. 
I know records are coming, becoming retro again, so you might actually know about them, but I don't know. Uh, let me see. The bio in Apple Music is tracking down the ultimate blues, uh, women of blues guitar hero is problematic because women blues singers seldom recorded as guitar players and women guitar players such as Rosita Tharp or Sister O.M. Terrell were seldom recorded blues players. Excluding its contemporary artists and most notable exceptions to the pattern was Memphis Minnie, the most popular and prolific blues woman outside of the vaudeville tradition. She earned the respect of critics in support of record record no, I'm sorry, record building buying fans. Uh, it's just like a Chicago artist. She had like this, she's from, obviously she's from Louisiana, but she played in Chicago. She's had this like really cool kind of just the beginnings of blues, rock and roll type of thing. Uh, one of my favorite songs she's done was, uh, When the Levee Breaks. It's just this really gorgeous song. And her name's Memphis Minnie. And it's just you know, it was just really beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of kind of like anthology albums that they've put out. So it's easier to find her now than it was then. You don't have to go out and find an LP now. You can just kind of Google her, look on YouTube or, uh, in this case, Apple Music. And, you know, I'm sure Spotify's got stuff too. But uh, it's just interesting. Uh, other songs are like Nothing and Ramblin', Bumblebee, Bumblebee. Uh, has anyone seen my man? Hoodoo Lady. If you see my rooster. She's just... She she looks like... <laughs> not that it matters what she looks like. But um, she kind of looks like one of my aunts growing up. Who was just like... There were these hard women who could take care of themselves. In a time span when people were kind of disbelieving in women being these strong central figures and she's just i don't know she felt like a a champion and like her music was the type of music you could kind of like dance around like as a child in your backyard which was bigger than most people's like houses even though the houses on the land were really small and you just jam and have a good time and just just this uh there's that like wailing sound that hits you from these these musics there their American history. I think that's probably the main thing about Black History Month. Like it's an American history month. And there's so many great amazing artists to be found. Minnie's just one of them. I've uh, recently come to the conclusion that I'm not going to let anyone use uh, my art currently as representations of black history stuff. If they are people who don't typically celebrate black artists, I find it kind of upsetting as the years have gone by to see these people who've like really kind of used it to draw attention to themselves, but they're not, you know, they're the same people who yell all lives matter and you know they tried to shame protesters and then they don't react the same way to you know 
people running into the Capitol. So I've decided to separate myself, myself openly from all those types of people because it's insulting and it's denigrating and it pulls away from the factor that, you know, these, these, are, these are people that helped create American, uh, the ideal of what American song originates from. And American art, Americana, originates from, and they should be treated as such. I, I wish I could play you a bit of this, but you know, <laughs> I don't own the copyrights, so I can't really, uh, I can't really get away with that. I could probably do like a couple of seconds, but I don't know that it would really give this uh, would give the right would give all the powerful kind of feelings to it. It reminds me of kind of like uh, the the music sounds the way like when you look at a Cafe Bustamantello uh, can of espresso, like an old chock full of nuts uh, coffee can, like that feeling before your ears. It's just kind of amazing. Parfait. So I remember being about 20, probably 21, in community college. I'm in this with a bunch of my friends. Uh, we're all a little nervous because we see these opportunities to make art, and we're still very fundamentally based, trying to figure out where we're going to go with it. Are we going to go into painting? Are we going to go into photography? Are we going to try and do illustration? Like, where do we think we're going to go with all of this? And naturally, like, the players that make up this this class are the young art students who are excited to just make anything finally with their own mind, with all the fundamentals that they've been pushed upon. And then you've got the people who are coming back to college who are like in their mid-20s to 30s, and like they have been artists for a while, and they want to get a fundamental uh, degree, basically. So they can go forward and open doors and do stuff like that. And then you also have like the grandparents and the parents and so on and so forth that, you know, they've they've been in the life, they've done these things, and now they want to take something to relax and really kind of edge and surf into their imaginations, learn to tap into those things, learn to learn the techniques in which to take their mind's eye image and put it into their hands and then make it into something physical and formative. So we're there and we're having all these debates and we're talking about all these things. And like, there's people talking about how like benders and drinking and drugs and art and nudity and all these things. And this old woman walks in and she walks right up to me after talking to the professor and goes, I need a nude model for my art class, for my painting, my figurative 
painting class would you be interested you have like a really good frame like you're muscular and you're the right height and you're young and like this would be really good you should come by my room so we can set it up and I'm just like I don't know what to say right now I'm still very nervous about my body (laughs) and so I'm just like trying to figure out what to do what to do and I go okay sure you know it's the first time my voice is cracked in like a decade and um my friends are all laughing and looking at me like, oh, you're going to be naked in the classroom. I think I might actually take that class. And I'm like, shut up. Don't, no, don't make a big deal about this. This is really weird for me. I don't know what to say right now. Um, and so I remember signing up for the class as a model. They never did call me up, actually. But I was I was mentally preparing myself to do so. Uh, I did end up being a nude, nude model for a photography class, actually, which was kind of like the thing that people fear the most (laughs) but I just I don't know it was just something about it that was just very exciting and like terrifying but it was it was very interesting um not very much actually not not a lot of photography of of my of my penis so much as it was just like my my body and like weird shadowy forms or whatnot uh, the funny thing about most art school stuff, and this is the thing that they don't tell you, uh, people don't really tell you, is people basically try to Ken doll and Barbie a lot of things. They'll draw nipples. They'll take pictures of breasts. They are desperately afraid of, like, penises and vaginas. So it's very funny. We're, like, almost in a photo, but not in a photo <laughs> type of thing. Um, so it was just very amusing to like see all the stuff. I do not have any photography of any of it. I'm sure someone does somewhere. I'm sure one day when, uh, you know, I can figure out how to be the, the ink king and have all these paintings and everything everywhere and up and et cetera. I'm sure, you know, some photograph of 18 year old me's butt will be somewhere. Or someone points out, oh, you know, this is that artist, that guy who did that thing that everybody's talking about. <laughs> and I'll be like, yep, oh, that's my butt. That was me. That was me. I was, I was very skinny. <laughs> I think that was probably the funnier thing about it. I was like 125, 135 pounds. I was a very little guy. I did not eat very often. Um, it was uh, pre-gray jaws. Um, and so... I just kind of made a bunch of art and did stuff like that. But, like, food was not really my concern. I lived, my dinner sometimes was, like, two cups of coffee, and that was it. (laughs) Uh, I'm better about that now, but there was definitely a time when I was not. And it's, it's amusing to see how all that kind of works and goes together. I did a lot more figure modeling after that, actually. A lot of draped stuff, though, like... It's weird how that works. The uh, It's very difficult for people to accept putting uh, men, male nudes, as figure models. They don't mind women, or they, they try to have young women. They try, they, people think it's going to be like young women, but in actuality, it's typically like the older people who end up actually being the people who they choose for a lot of these classes because they want people to focus. They don't want them to... They just get horny about everything. They want them to find, like, the fundamentals. So most of the people would be, like, in their retirement ages, men and women, and not so much, you know, 
people people wanted to date or have sex with. So they didn't pick me very often. You do with that what you will. <laughs> you take that statement and take it however you'd like to do it. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's so awkward. It's such an awkward topic, but it's, it's just the, it's just the figure. I mean, I've said that for years and I mean, I war with that sometimes even on painting because I know how weird and finicky people are about nudes and painting of nudes and drawings of nudes and all that stuff. But it's just a funny time to be alive, I guess. I remember sitting down and not moving and finding like the weirdest like perspective paintings of the human form. And there would be like these difficult, extremely difficult drawings to put together. And then they would become these paintings. And it was just kind of, it was deep and it was amazing. It was beautiful. And I, I loved it. I loved it so much, you know, with my awkward ass at the time my jinkos which were like my huge wide leg pants and like a million necklaces and bracelets and earrings and i shaved my head and i think i had like two maybe one or two tattoos at that point no piercings uh just my ears and i think no 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 my ears and then my nipples i think at the time it's just an interesting uh wild time to be alive and we would go into pool halls and listen to live blues record music performances <laughs> so much smoke you could barely breathe but it was real that was life episode 100 <laughs> we finally did it we got there we saw the things we did the stuff i even massacred some portuguese for you <laughs> pot of bangs it's just this really beautiful moment where we could start all over again we hit one for the next one it's 101 but it's one and I'm excited, honestly. I don't know where this will all go and how much of it's going to change and add and go. We'll have more guests. We'll take more questions from uh, painterfilespodcast at gmail.com from all you guys, my galeras, my jinchi. And we'll just keep on a-moving, <laughs> as it were. I love you all so much. Thank you for all your support. Please join my Patreon. Um, there's lots of really exclusive and amazing things. I'll put a link in the bio for that. Um, yeah. My cousin made a joke to me a while back that I've told you. Um, he said, you know, you wanted to be in, you wanted to have kind of like your own radio show as a kid. You take all these cassette tapes and like record talking on them and play music and et cetera. And he's like, and in a way you've kind of done that with a podcast. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I really have. <laughs> I made my own radio show. I mean, that's where the idea came from. It was the uh, the Rockport Files is where the name came from originally. And that's the Painter Files. They don't have anything to do with each other other than the fact that the name's like that. But it was just this really beautiful, fundamental, strange little idea 
of an artist interviewing other artists that turned into a blog about (laughs) the life and times of one artist. And then occasionally his friends come on and we all just talk shit and enjoy ourselves. So until the next time uh, where we all sit around and talk shit and enjoy ourselves, have a great new year. Enjoy Black History Month. Find those artists, those musics, those technologies, all those things. It's all American history. All of it. I think we are the epicenter of of all the learning we should be doing. We we funnel and we, we feel the things that are small, but in actuality it's funneled because it's so big. There's so much. And the minute you accept that there's so much that you don't get to see, suddenly your opinion, you don't make opinions about stuff anymore because you realize like you only see a, a facet of it. And then you make opinions about it. <laughs> okay, well, I've rambled enough for now. Um, I love you. Have a great one. Um, Damo. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Ciao. Pan her out. Bye.